folks, you're welcomed back once again to another episode of Campbell's Footballs. <laughs> Yes, a warm welcome to Campbell's Footballs, the only podcast where bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack. My guest for this particular episode is a man who has been involved on a radio phone-in show. He is the host of Radio Clyde's FM Super Scoreboard programme and has to put up with a range of people phoning in about some contentious issues in the world of Scottish football. I'm joined by Motherwell supporter Gordon Duncan to chew the fat about his career and also find a little bit more about what it is like to work with some of the biggest names in Scottish football, from Scottish writer Hugh Keevans to people like Gordon DL and Alex Ray. I'll also be interested to chat to Gordon about his thoughts about the weekend's matches in the Premiership, as well as reviewing last night's game between Hamilton and Aberdeen. This is the Campbell's Footballs podcast, produced in association with Toby Johnson Music and Rory Hope Music. So I'm joined for another episode of Campbell's Footballs by the host of Radio Clyde's Super Scoreboard programme, Gordon Duncan. Gordon, a warm welcome to Campbell's Footballs. Thank you very much. Nice to be on. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all. I'm really interested to hear your background because obviously it's the first kind of radio person I've had on and I'm just interested to see your journey from where you started to, to kind of where you are now, really. Uh, I'll try and make it sound uh, a bit more exciting than it actually is. It's probably pretty boring. <laughs> um, quite, quite straightforward. Um, as far as I can really remember, I was obsessed with football. It became quite clear that playing it wasn't going to be a realistic option, but talking about it might be. So from then on, I always had a sort of eye on, on kind of journalism and, and commentating and broadcasting and that sort of thing. It's something that I always really wanted to do. Um, and once you pick up some little bits of work experience along the way, that before any of the qualifications, if you like, um, some family friends were involved in the writing of the the, the Motherwell Match Day programme at the time, and mm-hmm. various other sort of media opportunities around that. Actually, the first official thing I ever did was match reports on my phone from Motherwell Games right. for a, a local radio station called L107 which is no longer with us I don't believe right. so pretty simply I would just sit in the stands and it would half time arrive I would do a quick 45 second 60 second report same again at full time which actually is pretty similar to, to what I ended up going to do at Radio Clyde the previous um, one of the previous heads of sport at Radio Clyde Peter Martin who I'm sure you're aware yeah, yeah. Um, was a, a neighbour of mine and again I was just all sort of my all together he was, was kind enough to, to let me go into Clyde 1 and look around and get some experience and then sort of alongside that the education side kicked in when I left school and went to uni I did a postgrad in, in broadcast journalism so it was all sort of coming together nicely I was getting some some valuable experience on my own time and also doing the, the formal education side of it and then when, when that finished I just stayed at Radio Clyde basically and, and I've sort of been there ever since. There's some really interesting uh, dynamics within that, just that short couple of minutes um, summary there. Um, you can mention Peter Martin, would you say he was one of your influencers? Yeah, I think undeniably just because he, he gave me an opportunity and at that young impressionable age he would have been you know, full of advice, things to sort of move on 
on uh, very quickly, and you probably don't don't have too much time to dwell on on influences from other people. I think that may be a, a maybe a subconscious thing as well, but I think the best way for anyone, or for me certainly, is, is just to try and find yourself and just try and find what what you enjoy and, and what's your strong at, what you're weak at as well, to try and um, sort of develop those things. But yeah, I mean, I think undeniably because you presented an opportunity. Um, yeah, no, it's very interesting, and I'm I'm really interested to know about your story at Motherwell. So you you must have followed Motherwell for quite a few years, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, for as long as I can remember. Um, not that anyone believes that. They want to accuse you of, of something else, but no, really, as long as I can remember, I was born in the shadows of Club Park, if you like. I could always see the floodlights. Um, poking up above the houses where I grew up. I always remember on a Saturday the queues of traffic, maybe they got bigger crowds back then, or, or I just built it up in my head. But I always remember it being really busy around where I lived, and there was just a, a buzz about match day that, that really had me drawn in. The primary school I went to is literally right next door. It, it shares a car park and things like that, and the, there's a sort of astroturf pitch out the back, which you could see from the, the playground, and just looking back, catching a brief glimpse of one of the players going in and out of the club was so exciting and that was the sort of thing that, that really hooked me in. Actually, I, I don't even remember what my first game was. I know I fell asleep. The football and anything else. I mean, I was young at the time and then all my friends being from that area, there was a bit of a mix, but there's a core group of us who, who were all my old fans. So as soon as it was, we were old enough to go on our own, we would go, it would be away games. I've been European trips away. I, I was a ball boy actually at the park for a while as well. Okay. So doing a long, a long-standing connection with the club. But obviously, doing that, that never goes away, and it never should. I, I don't make any secret of it whatsoever. But of course, once you're in the, the everyday madness of, of doing the job, then you've got other things to focus on. So, um, but no, I'll still go back when I can. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you go to a lot of Motherwell games still, because obviously your your work at Radio Clyde must take up quite a lot of your time. I would imagine. Now, with the, when the role changed a couple of years ago, it used to be a bit of a, a, a lucky position in terms of getting out and about to the games. When I was a reporter, I would very, occasion, I would very often benefit from from the, the geography and I would get sent to some park, which is nice because you get to see your team, but ultimately doing a, a, a job as well. But since the role changed, I'm very much studio-bound, um, so the best I can really manage would be to make it along at half-time for a, you know, a 7.45 kick-off. I yeah. did that last week and saw them concede another three goals to Celtic <laughs> um, I think I'm getting told to stay away from now on in case I bring <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit like me following Aberdeen. I've been to a few home games this season, and usually when I go along, they don't particularly well. They don't score, and they, you very rarely do they win. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I can certainly sympathise. Let's talk a little bit more about Super Scoreboard because I've mentioned it there, and a lot of people maybe listening to this probably don't know much about it. So, can you just explain how Super Scoreboard came to pass? Well, it's an absolute phenomenon for people who haven't heard of it, and I say that with no bragging whatsoever, that's nothing to do with me, it's long before me, it'll be long after me, it has been a phenomenon in Glasgow the West since it started many, many years ago, a few decades ago now, and it is pretty much what it says in the tin, it's simply it's a, it's a football phone-in show, and, and that's that, and I know there have been many versions of that, but perhaps above many others, it, it seems to have stood the test of time, it's changed in, in some ways, um, and evolved, and like the, the the invention of social media and the importance of that, and it's, it's constantly moving and evolving, but at the same time maintaining what it always was, really, which is quite yeah. simply a football phone and show is based um, in Glasgow in the West, since that would be the, the TSA, as they call it, for Clyde One, and therefore it is dominated heavily by the old firm. I would never make any secret of that. I, I know that some fans of other clubs may wish to hold that against the show but, but, but that's it those are our customers and um, as you can imagine there's never a dull day in Glasgow when it comes to arguing about Absolutely. the Rangers so it keeps us all busy 
Absolutely, and it's it's a really interesting program. I listen to it from time to time, even on catch up. The the great thing about podcasts now is that you can just catch up on it from the from the evening before, and it's really interesting to hear some of the the sort of callers that kind of come into the show. It's really interesting and very similar to you know some other radio phone and shows like obviously you've got six oh six, which is uh, you know a phenomenon down in England, and you know you get I think things like that you know are are a really good soundboard for the genuine football fan. You've got obviously talks as well, We've got a lot of people kind of phoning in after the games and kind of you know the week be- weekend before and, and just really having a platform to just say what they want about their team, good or good or controversial. Well, that's it. And listen, I know social media has given everyone a voice, um, so it's interesting to see how the strength of, of this football phone. And I wouldn't be able to speak really on behalf of anyone else, but how the strength of this one has has survived social media because everyone can go on and have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but People still want to do it on the phone, and you know we still attract younger callers. I think it just is born out of everyone's sheer love of the game. Or else we agree on absolutely nothing in the, uh, <laughs> on the show at times. Is, is the way it seems. It's clearly a shared passion, a shared enthusiasm for the game that just gets everything going. You know, it's like as soon as the game finishes, you, you want to debate the refereeing decisions or what the manager got right or wrong, or who's good or bad, and. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the way Scottish football is at the moment is it's set up perfectly for it. You know, there's just so much, so much intrigue, so much interest, and I think it's, it is a good um, opportunity, a good platform for people to just come on and, and tell us how they feel. Absolutely, and I think I think long may it continue. I think it's fantastic to have a platforms like that for for people just to to say what they believe, really. So, when you're preparing for an episode of Super Scoreboard, like we're recording the show on the 12th of February, so obviously you are, you'll be on tonight at six o'clock. What will you do in preparation for the show? Or can you prepare as far as how far as possible? Can you prepare for something like that? It's a bit of a balancing act, and it really depends on the time. So, when we have a particularly busy if you like so on, on a midweek or a Europa League week or whatever you know it's quite simple because you're spending Monday reviewing the weekend's action you're then spending Tuesday previewing Wednesday's action and you spend Thursday looking back on Wednesday's action and before you know it it's the weekend and you're sort of doing it all over mm-hmm. again of course the season doesn't always work like that and when the, when the game's quiet down if, if there's no midweek games that's when formally the English is on us to be a bit more creative to come up with our own content, whether that's just talking points, different debating points, things that we can take from elsewhere and, and adapt into our game, or whether that's get guests on, or interviews, or whatever it may be. Um, so it really is a, it's a, it's a bit of everything, and I think that's probably why it's, it's so enjoyable, because on, on one hand, you're just getting really stuck into all the talking points from any games that on the other hand there's an onus on you to, to be doing something different and trying to create something that people are going to want to listen to I think with something like that the fluidity within a, a process is very important and I think it sounds like that from my point of view just listening into the show that every time I listen to it there is something okay there's the as you say that balancing act but you do have some some different sure. nuances in between which makes it very interesting let's yeah, say I mean, there, is a, there is a sorry oh, no, no, there's absolutely a, a Absolutely, I think it's a very interesting point. The social media just keeps evolving all the time, doesn't it? It's just extraordinary. Let's um, let's mention some of the heavy hitters that are on Super Scoreboard because you work with some uh, really high-profile characters in the world of Scottish football, don't you? Yeah, and that's the thing as well. It's, to use a sort of football cliche, it's, it's about trying to get a, a blend within the team. If they were all the same, it, it probably wouldn't be very interesting. If they were all two different, then it would it would be a bit you know a bit challenging as well. But there's just a big spread there. I mean, the, the sort of most recognisable pundit for a number of reasons would be would be Hugh Evans. He's been here the longest. He will tell you his own story about the fact that he had a, a funny voice, which was the reason that he got uh, hired <laughs> in the first place. Because I'm not really sure if that's a compliment or not. So he's got a very recognisable voice. He's been here since goodness knows when. He's also 70 years old, he has seen a lot at the time, he, 
used to exchange Christmas cards with Sir Alex. He has dealt with Jock Steen, been to the World Cups and Scotland and all the rest of it. So just a wealth of experience and incredible stories, incredible stories about everything, regardless of what the, the topic is. He has a story for it. So, so you've got that, but then if you maybe fast forward a bit, and you've got guys who came out of the professional side not that long ago, take Mark Wilson, for example, yep. played in, in Champions Leagues for Celtic and, and won many trophies with Celtic, having played with and under guys like Neil Lennon, and mm-hmm. you know, that, that covers off many of the talking points that we would discuss at the moment. Alex Reid has a similar function. And from a, a Rangers perspective, also played at a very high level in the English Premier League. Gordon Biel provides a role, you know, very humorous, very light-hearted, yep. afraid to laugh at himself and <laughs> lighten the mood. And then, of course, we'll get, we'll get journalists like, like Roger Hanna, who just seems to know everything there is about Scottish football. Um, Mark Greedy, a long, long-running journalist. Um, Jim Duffy is just one of those old-fashioned football men, which I hate that, that sort of cliche, but ultimately that's what he is. Just He's a legend of Scottish football, football, Jim Duffy. Yeah, just just been involved in, in so many different roles so you know comfortable Fraser Wishart comes on and, and covers off the, the PFA Scotland angle and I, I will have missed guys out so at the risk of, of offending them but, but that's just a, a sort of oversight of of the blend that we have at the moment and that, that changes as well from time to time you mentioned Hugh Keevans there I mean every time I listen into him you just you just have to stop and just listen to what he says and that's the probably the best compliment I can give the guy I mean I mean I don't often agree, I don't always agree I should say with what he says but I think that I think that's a great thing about a lot of pundits if if they say something and the, you can engro- get engrossed with them then I think that makes them more favorable certainly is and, and as you mentioned Mark Wilson and uh, Alex Ray they offer the sort of the current dynamic as well and I think that's quite good about the show you get that balance between the historical side but also guys who have played the game but also have a bit of a knowledge of the current sap as well I quite like that yeah that's, that's the, the, key, the key word there is balance yeah. because you know you're, you're just trying to cover off as many bases as you can and of course even in previous years we've had long running associations with guys like, like Derek Johnson, who's an absolute legend of Scottish football, so they've got the, the more historical side of it sewn up. And then guys like Mark and Alex coming in with a, maybe a different outlook, having just hung up the boots and having played with and against a lot of the people who, who may come up in conversation. Um, you know, like I say, so new Lennon's now the Celtic manager, you're going to talk about him all the time. Mark played with him, played yeah. under him, and is, is, is well versed to, to go and Absolutely. have an opinion. Alex Ray played against Stephen Gerrard a lot down south, you know, so it's just about trying to draw on those experiences as well. Have there been any times where you've had to kind of, you know, keep affairs in order for, you know, many kind of contratons on there, maybe? <laughs> um, no, I mean, everybody quite I fair on the whole. <laughs> um, and in terms of the beauty of life, you never really know what. That's very um, true. You know what's going to happen next, what 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 to expect. And of course, there's the sort of the serious side of it which is always having to to sort of listen carefully and be aware of, you know is anyone is anyone saying well swearing would be the obvious one you know you, because believe it or not there's a bit of multitasking goes on so although I, I'm trying to listen all the time I might be quickly communicating with the producers to try and figure something out I might be scrolling through Twitter I might be looking something up I might be whatever it is but you have to be consciously aware of, of what's being said to someone yep. 
set of snare rewards, which happens quite often in Glasgow, yeah. make sure that gets gets cut out. Um, perhaps the more difficult one, which people maybe don't think about from the outside, mm-hmm. would be are people saying things that are going to get us in a bit of legal trouble? And that's going to, you know, that's that's hugely important and, and actually more relevant than you would think. I'll, I'll just give you like a a real time example if you want. Yeah, um, go for it. From, 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 from this week would be. Um, that a 12 year old boy was charged with allegedly racially abusing Alfredo Morelos. Yeah, so I saw that. On, on the 29th of December. Now, people understandably feel very passionately about that in a number of ways. And what they maybe don't realise, and that I wouldn't realise either if I didn't have to, is that as soon as that boy is, is charged, arrested, there's a legal procedure which kicks in, which means that we can't really talk about it. We can't. We cannot come on and speculate it. We can't open it up to the phone lines yeah. and speculate and throw this back backwards and forwards and run the risk that we influence any trial or outcome of that legal process. But of mm-hmm. course, people may be aware of that. They don't have to be. I don't hold that against them. And then you're bombarded with, I can't believe you're ignoring this. This is your the super scoreboard why are you not letting people on to talk yeah. about this so that, those are the main sort of things that, that can be challenging in themselves and also by the fact that there's maybe a little lack of awareness of, of, of sometimes we are dealing with you know, a hand tied behind the Yeah, no, I, I fully understand. And these, cont- obviously, the contentious issues um, have to be taken into account. And you guys do a fantastic job at making sure that that is being, you know, catered for and, well, not catered for in some cases. And, yeah, this is quite, uh, it's quite a delicate subject. And I, I, I certainly didn't know about that. And I think from my point of view, it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So thanks for sharing that. I really do appreciate that. Moving a little bit uh, to happier climbs on the show. Um, I really like your feature on Super Scoreboard with the Beat the Pundit. Yeah, and, and listen, that in many ways is, is commercial radio in a nutshell. It, it's a format that you will find on on breakfast shows or morning shows or afternoon shows. It could be about music. It could be about anything. And, Anyone who's ever listened to any radio station will recognise the use of competitions, of giveaways, of, of, of prizes, of, of quizzes, anything like that. It's just something that we can have a bit of fun with. Absolutely. And something that will, will hook, hook listeners in as well. Um, I mean, it's a small prize. It's, it's a signed ball by the guys on the show. It's, it's, it's all the, probably the bragging rights and the, the chance to come on and, and sort of show off your football and knowledge because everyone thinks that they've got really good it's probably something that I should really enter to be honest I, quite, I, I listen in and I try to, I actually try to kind of scroll down my answers when the contestants are on and I do okay I don't do magnificently but I do okay and it's uh, quite good well, I'll, I'll maybe try and do that before the end of the season if I get an opportunity to. Um, and one one other thing as well is you usually have a, a kind of full-time teaser at the end as well, which I definitely tune in for because I like the sort of questions that you guys, or I think it's some of your callers pose, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the exact um, premise of it, is that the listeners send questions in and we then give the pundits about the last 30 minutes or so of the show to come up with the answers. Um, it does a couple of things. Again, it's all about participation and involvement and it's, it's not it's not a gimmick I mean, we do it because we we want to we want people to feel involved we want people to feel like they can contribute to the show yeah and also um, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets here but the, the hope is that if you start listening at the beginning of the question hopefully you'll stay listening to the end of the show yeah so that you can see the rest of the answers go um. to work the next day pass the question on that that's kind of how it works I'm forever getting bombarded with people saying what was the answer last night? I, I'm, I'm trying to do it with the guys in the office of the guys in the building site. Um, yeah, I think that's something that is still going strong. We do it for a 
Yeah, I, I, I quite enjoy it. And I mean, I, I mean, I shared one of your questions. I think it was from Monday Night Show about the. I think it was the. I think it was the one about um, players who've scored winning goals in cup finals and have been uh, have also been capped for their country. And I, I said it to a friend. Of, I said that to a friend of mine the, uh, today, actually, as we were recording this. And, yeah, that's the thing. And, that, that, that's, that's the purpose of it. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's fresh. And we we do a lot of quizzes all the time. This person knows who I'm speaking about on the on this podcast, and it was also a former guest. And uh, we always have a lot of good uh, crack with some of the questions. And uh, you know, we we usually share some right stinkers, but well, that one really uh, kind of caught my. But it's really interesting. And as you say, it keeps the dynamic going throughout the show, and it's really really good. Yeah, that's the thing. I enjoy it. I'm like, I think most football fans are like that. They love these quiz questions. They love a bit of trivia. They love being able to write their brains and then you know pass it on to someone else so I think Absolutely. Um, my kind of final question for this part is: Where do you see yourself sort of going with uh, Super Scoreboard and maybe your own career in the next uh, while? Or uh, where do you see yourself sort of heading? Look, strangely enough, I'm, as much as I, 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 I'm not really like that as a person. And that's just a, an, an insight into to what I'm like with everything. It's not that I'm not ambitious. It's not that I don't sometimes think about these things. I'm just not aggressive with it. I don't like to, to dwell on it too much. I like to sort of try and work this in a non crucial living in the moment or something like something you would get tattooed on you as a yeah. life crisis. Yeah. But, um, but, but that, that kind of is what it is. I'm, I'm enjoying Super Scoreboard, I'm enjoying trying to grow it. It's, it's been successful, hopefully it will continue to be successful. If there's a different challenge around the corner, whether that be a transition to television, which is something I've never done and we did find quite interesting, whether it's transitioning to other sports and maybe trying to branch out that, you know, I would welcome any of those challenges, I would feel confident taking any of those challenges on. I think it's an I think it's an interesting way to view it. I mean, I mean, I I I I'm an ambitious person, and sometimes you kind of have to take a step back and sort of realise you kind of have to live in the moment and enjoy the ride at the where you are right now. But you know, I think it's interesting to look at it from both angles. So and I think that's an interesting point of view to to share with that, Gordon. That's, that's very interesting. Um, okay, so that's uh, that sort of brings us to the uh, end of the first part of uh, Campbell's Fools. Let's move on to the second part because obviously we're we're kind of building up. We're in the middle of the midweek action. If you want to follow my predictions for the midweek action, you can listen to my previous episode with BT Sport commentator Rory Hamilton. Uh, but just kind of brush over a little bit of what we've seen so far, Gordon. Uh, first of all, let's start with uh, the absolutely terrible news at the moment um, about Jackie McNamara. And we really hope that he uh, makes a, a full recovery from what looks like a pretty serious incident at the moment. Yeah, well, hopefully the, the picture is looking a bit more encouraging now on Wednesday mm-hmm. than it was on on Monday. Um, I think that it was certainly really really worrying news, and everyone knows. I think the way Scottish football comes together at these times, absolutely. It's like a old guy and with a family, and the yeah, everything else just sort of is, is majorly insignificant compared to that. But yeah, I could only try and echo what everyone else has said, wishing him well, wishing the family well. I think the latest set of reports is that it's looking a bit, a bit more optimistic. Yep. Hopefully that continues and he's able to make a, a full recovery. I think it always shocks people because you put these guys on a pedestal a little bit. You, you think they're untouchable. You think they're these superhuman athletes, which, which, which they may be after to a degree, but, but ultimately they're just like everyone else. And um, unfortunately these yeah, definitely, and I, I echo that sentiment as well. I mean, I, I I've obviously I, I was a '90s lad, and I, I grew up following uh, McNamara's career, obviously at Celtic, and you know, laterally into management. And you know, it's, it's, it's re- it was really shocking when I found out the news. I, I was in the middle of recording my podcast on the, the on the Monday night when I actually heard the news, so hence I didn't have time to to say that on my previous show. But I'm just gonna uh, kind of share the same same as yourself there Gordon and wish uh, uh, Jackie all the best and uh, all, all regards to his friends and family really really shocking news and like I said we hope he makes a speedy recovery um, moving on to more sort of footballing based matters uh, let's um, talk, talk about multiple because uh, what a fantastic story about going debt free yeah I mean in the last couple of years 
it's easy for me to say this, but without any bias or intention or bias, they have been a bit of a model really for clubs that size in the last couple of years. You look at just how many different things they get right. And even you know, within those that, that period, there have been dips that have been bottom six finishes, but when you sign up for a lifetime or supporting a club like that, you know that's going to happen, you accept it, and you just hope that some good times will Yes. This has come back as, as, as long as I can remember. Obviously, the, the first one I ever grabbed was the James McFadden, that was the obvious one. And Stevie Hannibal and Stephen Pearson and, and Keith Lasley and David Clarkson and guys like that followed. And then all throughout. Um, and then uh, maybe a, I'm not even sure if there was a dip for this guy like Sean Hutchinson who went down to Millwall, I think in the captain's Millwall, Jamie Murphy. And, and I think recently there's been a real strength as well with Chris Cadden. Yeah, I, I have a soft spot for Motherwell. I really want them to do well, and you know, I've uh, kind of followed them for for many years. And I, even though I'm an Aberdeen fan, whenever they play Motherwell, it's usually a very uh, enjoyable game. Um, just a quick word on Stephen Robinson, Gordon. Do you expect to see him still there next season? Because you know he's po possibly been touted for the Northern Ireland job to replace Michael O'Neill. I mean, he's just been fantastic, hasn't he? Just keeps going from strength to strength. I agree. He's joining the team because he came with a particular thing that was quite direct, it was quite robust and got, got great success with it. Got to two finals in the one season, yep. but all of a sudden that stopped working and it completely transformed the team and make it. I feel like people who don't watch Motherwell that often still think that they're direct and physical when they're absolutely this is, not. I think they're brilliant to watch. Yep. Um, so, so to do that, well, He's clearly got an eye for a player. Mm -hmm. um, he's a very enthusiastic guy. I, I just have to listen to anyone who's worked under him. They're always generally full of praise. So it's just like anything. If you get good results, you would expect people to come along. I'm amazed that Hearts or Hibs didn't go there in January. Yeah, there was a so lot of talk about it. Um, Northern Ireland would be the obvious one because he's been involved in their system. Yeah. But probably in the food chain. So yeah, it's one to watch with interest. But again, Hard as it is, that's, that's that's life at a club of that size. Absolutely. If you produce good players, they'll move on. If you produce good managers, they'll move on. And you just have to go again. It's a really good battle between Motherwell and Aberdeen for that third spot. I mean, I mean, I, I think Aberdeen are, are going to be pretty competitive in the second half of the season. We're going to move on to them actually very nicely because they finally got their first goals from open play of 2020 last night, being Hamilton, and with a much-needed win for Derek McInnes. Yeah, and you know, well done to him because there becomes a point when you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You have to make a big decision and you drop the only guy who scores goals in the team. He's yeah. 21 goals already this season, one of the most prolific strikers in the league. And you take him out of the team and you put in a guy that's got one goal in mm -hmm. Curtis Main. That has to work. That really has to work. Or the backlash would have, would have been mm -hmm. incredible. So well done to him because under a lot of criticism made some big changes and it clearly worked Curtis Main performed very well he super blessed he found their scoring boots again and um, yeah and, and they're, in, they're into third and I'll go back to that great debate which you will be way more invested in than me or nearly it all comes down to where you think Aberdeen should be and then you therefore base your assessment of Derek McInnes 
important but, that because realistically can they be more than third and seven? Yeah. Probably not. But mm-hmm. should they win some more silverware? Possibly. Um, so the, the women to the end of the season will be fascinating. I think you've kind of answered my the question for me in a way because as, as an Aberdeen fan I don't speak for all Aberdeen fans but I think they want to see us you know finish third I mean I mean, obviously Celtic and Rangers with the resources and the financial clout are obviously going to be well ahead you know on you know over the course of distance of a season but certainly you know in the past Aberdeen have got to cup finals maybe should have won more than the one trophy I look back on the 2017 final they lost to late on Rogic with a late winner that was the one that possibly got away from Aberdeen a little bit maybe the Ryan Christie game, the one with his goal I think it was last year, possibly a bit of a, or a couple of years ago now, probably a disappointment as well, but you know, I mean it's a difficult one because I think it's finding this balance between getting the results and playing a, a, a decent style of football and I think a lot of Aberdeen fans I speak to uh, have a bit of a gripe about the way that Aberdeen approach games and the way they play to people, you know, like to Sam Cosgrove's strengths with long ball up towards him and that. I mean, I was speaking to a friend of mine last night about it, and you know, I, I think it's this. I think it's finding that kind of right blend, that right chemistry. It maybe hasn't quite worked a little bit this season, but it's going to be a fascinating scrap between Aberdeen and Motherwell for third spot come the end of the season. I don't really see anybody else making a a fist to join that battle, but you know, I mean, obviously, as a Motherwell fan yourself, you probably want yourselves to finish third, and, and obviously, as a Dons fan myself, I want Aberdeen to finish third, but. It's going to be a cracking battle, and I hope it goes all the way to the, the end of the split. Yeah, I think so. I mean, ultimately, Motherwell would be right in the equation at the moment. If it, if it wasn't to be, and it was to be fourth, I think taking resources and everything else into account, yeah, I think wins are settled. You, you would have to still consider that a very good season for Motherwell. Yeah, definitely. The pressure's clearly on Aberdeen, you know, more to... To, to finish there I don't think there's any doubt in the, the gap in the resources no I agree yeah no. so no but it is it's going to be interesting Motherwell are probably punching above their weight and Aberdeen are maybe doing what people expect them to do and, and that brings its own challenges but for both people like you said who are all happy with the final that's that's legitimate as well people pay a lot of money these days to go and watch football games and if It's just finding that balance, you know, I, 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 do you want to win the game 1-0 but not play magnificently or do you want to maybe win a game 4-3 but it's, it's very difficult, you know, obviously sure. it's, it's, both, it's, it's three points, you know, at the end of the day it's, it, it equates to the same thing so it's very interesting. Uh, obviously games tonight, well, obviously I, I say this again, we're recording the show on the, the 12th of February and um, we'll just broad brush over these games because I'm, I'm going to ask for your predictions for the weekend games coming up, so that's more relevant. Um, couple of interesting games tonight that stand out for me. Big game for Rangers away to Kilmarnock. Seven points behind, obviously, with the game in hand. They simply can't afford to lose this tonight, can't they? Not if Celtic win at the same time, I can't imagine. Um, we had callers on Super Scoreboard last week saying that, in their opinion, Yanis Hadji's winner against Hibs was the goal that kept Rangers at the title. Mm. So the same logic would surely apply a week on with you know, less games to, to, to go between now and the end of the season. Um, they both have to play each other twice, so That's there's true. still room there. Um, but if that gap was to was to grow significantly between now and the next meeting between the sides, I think it would be obviously a lot more difficult for Rangers. I'm, I'm stating the obvious there, and it's a hard place to go. Like, yeah. like you mentioned, I think we make a lot of pitches in, in this country, and it can get a bit tedious because until the clubs do something about it, they're here to stay. But it clearly does bring its own challenges. Come on, look at looking at better in the last couple of games mm-hmm. um, but Morelos has a fantastic record against them so we'll be hoping that he continues that tonight it's always an interesting game at Rugby Park. I remember very vividly the opening game of the second half of last season when uh, they went 1-0 up and lost it 2-1. And that really sort of when the, the, their battle for the title really spiralled away from them. And you know they can't afford to ha- let that happen again tonight. Um, let's talk about Celtic, home to Hearts. Um, Hearts' little mini resurgence possibly dissipated slightly? Yeah, very surprised. I, I was trying my best not to... to jump in and, and jump to conclusions but when I saw them get win against Rangers and granted everyone raises their game against Celtic and Rangers mm-hmm. I sort of accept that but I just looked at the personnel with Boyce having been signed and Naismith and some of the guys back in you know the likes of Craig Halkett and John Sitter and just thought there is absolutely no way a team with Stephen Naismith and Liam Boyce up front could go down I just could not see that at all but like you say I hadn't 
wasn't taken off yet. I would still, based on that, expect him to maybe um, improve at some stage. But, but yeah, like I mean, you said it better than me. It's not maybe come to fruition quite the way that people thought it would. So, I'm top of the game. Hearts are bottom of the table, and therefore, what on earth would you be basing? any prediction other than a Celtic yeah, get on then that's what I've done fact, mm-hmm. Scottish football is a little bit mad and sometimes you need to expect the unexpected so never say never yeah interesting I mean I mean, I, I said it on a couple of previous podcasts I think Hearts will finish 11th um, I still believe looking at the league table as it stands right now and I, I keep apologising to say Mirren fans who listen to this but I still believe that their side will go down because they don't score enough goals um, although I did watch Hamilton's game with Aberdeen last night and Hamilton could see too many so I think it'll be one of those two um, but I, I still believe that Hamilton are just have this this knack of finding a result or to when their backs are against the wall they've done it so many times and uh, that, that's why I base on Hamilton will stay up, but you know you could not rule out Ross County getting dragged in there I think St Johnston will have enough I think Kilmarnock will have enough as well speaking of Ross County got Hibs tonight um, Livingston have got St Mullen as we just mentioned and your team Gordon away to St Johnston that would be an interesting game yeah it's not been a happy hunting ground over the last few years um, they did win their earlier this season Devante Cole the winner mm-hmm. I think in a, a 1-0 victory but St Johnston's thought at the moment actually they're, they're looking looking okay looking a lot better than they were they had a disaster start and um, the form at the moment is actually pretty good um, and on a night like tonight yeah I can see that being a really difficult one I'm really I've gone draw by the way <laughs> I've gone 1-1 one, one. Yeah, well, I don't think that would surprise me to be honest yeah, I mean, just just as a sort of reminder, I've I've, I've gone for Livingston to beat Samurin tonight. Um, I've also gone with Hibs to beat Ross County uh, narrowly as well. So we'll see what happens. But let's move into the the weekend's games where uh, it's now time for once again uh, my guest Gordon and I to battle it out in a, a stale of wits and prediction nightmares. I've lost four of my last five uh, matches against guests on the show gone, so I'm due a win. So. It's a pressure's on me again. <laughs> well, there is absolutely no correlation between working in this type of job and being good at predictions. <laughs> I will well okay well let's see what happens then so uh, we'll start off on Saturday um, Hearts against Hamilton this is such a big game yeah absolutely massive the problem with the Aki's is what, why on earth would you try and predict the Hamilton Aki's result because mm. they come up and surprise you and it's been a long long time since they won at Tyne Castle yes back to the 70s maybe um, and I would have to I think Aki's they are extremely resilient and it wouldn't surprise me at all but they've had a bit of a bruising week and I think Hearts will miss that one do you want a scoreline? Give us a scoreline. Give us a scoreline. Uh, okay, go Hearts. 2 to 1. 2 1. I'm going 2 0 Hearts. Um, I agree with you. Um, although, I, one thing with Hamilton, if they are going to stay up, I think they really need to use the guy Ogden Poe um, to his strengths because I think he's a fantastic player. I just think yeah. Hearts, if they can gel and they get it right, they should have enough. I mean, I, I, I love Naismith. I mean, as a Scotland supporter, but just as a football fan, I just think he offers so much. And I think if Hearts are going to get themselves out of trouble, he is going to be huge in their uh, quest to stay up. So I'm going with Hearts just because of Stephen Naismith, but I'm going 2-0. Uh, next up is your team uh, at home to St Mullen. This is a really difficult one because they're going to play each other three times in the space of three mm. days. That's right, the cup replay as well. Are you, are you going to win them both would you rather win the cup game of course you would absolutely um, but I would never go against my team so <laughs> I would go Motherwell to nick that 2-0 at home. 2-0 at home. I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'll be quite a close game. Um, I do think Simmerin will make themselves, as always, very tough to beat. You know, Jim Goodwin's always set his sides up to be tough to break down. But I, I enjoy watching Motherwell the season gone. I mean, I've watched quite a few of their games, uh, albeit actually games they've lost. I mean, I watched them against Celtic early in the season. They were really, really good. It's just they were a little bit too open at the back sometimes and that allowed Celtic's quality to shine through. But a number of games I've seen them this season, I mean, um, I watched them at Pataudry when they beat Aberdeen 
nil just a few weeks back, and and they were absolutely superb in that game as well. And they've got a lot going for them. I think they'll nick it two one. It's just really like them. I really want to see that scrap with Aberdeen go right to the works. I think it'll be really interesting. Next up is Rangers Livingston. Livingston are undoubtedly one of the success stories Fully of agree. this season as well as last season. They Definitely. are incredible. I don't think anyone would have envisaged them to be comfortably top six. Their run of form, they're on at home. It's unbelievable. And taking all that into account, I'm still predict for Rangers. Yeah, so do I. I'm also going for a two-goal scoreline, but I'm going for the exact same scoreline that it happened the last time the two teams met. 3-1 Rangers. Um, you, I love Ingston were superb um, this season. Um, for me, Gary Hole has to be in the contention for manager of the season out with who probably goes on to win the league, whether that be Celtic or Rangers. But you know, as an outsider looking in, really... Gary Holt and Stephen Robinson for me have to be in the shake-up for manager of the season but I agree with you totally, I think Rangers just have that bit of quality, best to see how they fare off the Kilmarnock game obviously tonight as well, that could be, pose a factor but I'm really looking forward to seeing Hadji in the flesh, I've not really watched him too closely yet um, but you know, a lot of people are making very positive noises about him. Um, Morelos has found his form again. Um, Scott Arfield's been sensational in recent weeks. I just think Rangers have too much quality and I'm going 3-1 with that one. Next up is a trip to the islands where Ross County plays St Johnston. Now that is a difficult one to call. That's one of those typical mid to bottom of the table clashes in Scotland which could really go anyway. Actually a few weeks ago or a few months ago I remember thinking that Ross County were, were, were going to keep falling and mm. just keep them down the way but they haven't, haven't, haven't quite done that. It would be interesting to see how they both come off the back of one all draw. I'm going to go for a Ross County win, which might surprise quite a lot of my Highland listeners who listen to the show because I very rarely back the Staggies to win a game. Uh, but I'm going to this time. I think they'll nick it 1 0. I think it'll be a very tight game. Um, you know, Tommy Wright has really turned the ship around for St Johnston. You know, they were really struggling. They picked up back to back wins at Pataudry and they went down to Somerset Park and. Uh, beat Air United as well in the Cup, which is a, a very difficult place to go and get a result in. I think they'll nick it 1-0 on uh, Ross County. I think St Johnston will fight hard. You know, Stevie May has found a little bit of form. Didn't quite happen for him at Aberdeen, but he seems to have found his shooting boots again back at his uh, old team. And But I think Ross County nicked this 1-0 for me here. And I hope a lot of my Highland listeners will be happy to see me going for that scoreline. Or maybe not in the case of some. Um, Let's move into Sunday's games. Um, we start off at 12 o'clock um, where Celtic travel to Pataudry to play Aberdeen. Again, what, what would you be basing an Aberdeen win mm. on? The, the, the record against Celtic hasn't been great at Pataudry. There have been some sore ones. Based on, on that, I think, we, I think we will be able to make it a little bit more difficult for Celtic than they did the last time. Yes. You hear people saying, well, look, that wouldn't be hard. Yeah. Um, but... I think Celtic's quality middle to front at the moment is difficult to see anyone stopping it. Absolutely superb at the moment. I think I think I think Aberdeen will make it more difficult this time and in the end Celtic will win. 3-1. 3-1. I'm going for 3-0 Celtic and as much as I'm, as much as I want to see Aberdeen do well, uh, I completely agree. I just think Celtic just have too much quality. Um, their midfield, they could pick they could pretty much pick two 11s really as a whole and, and still be too good for Aberdeen. Um, I think if Aberdeen are going to have any chance, I think they have to get the first goal. It really is as simple as that. But I, I just think that Celtic, when they score at Pataudry, they just go on to boss the game. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i trying to rack my brain as to when the last time Aberdeen actually beat Celtic. I think it may have been under Ronnie Dyla's management. And the 2-1 game, I remember when Johnny Hayes scored an absolute whirlitzer in the yeah, first half. Yeah. It's probably the game uh, that, that comes to my mind. But I, I just want to see Aberdeen make it competitive. Um, you know, if they compete and they lose maybe 1 or 2-0, I'd be quite happy with that being a being a Dons fan, but I have to go with my head on this one, and I, I think Celtic, well, with Odson Edward firing, Lee Griffiths finding some form as well, and you know they've got so much quality. I feel Cal McGregor's having another super season. I just think Celtic win this three 0 uh, Last up is the game I have four. Um, it's an interesting time. Kilmarnock against Hibs. Kilmarnock are 
Um, Very tough one, this. Yeah, interesting to know how Kilmarnock come through the game against Rangers. I think that could be that could be crucial. I think that should go for another draw in that one. I, I do think I don't feel as strongly against plastic pitches as some people. Yeah. But I do think it is a bit of a lever. I do think it does make it a difficult place to go. Um, I think Kelly will have had either way whether it goes well or not a bruising night against Rangers. Um, so I'll take a. I've also gone 1-1 with this one to finish up. Um, I think this is an interesting game. Usually match between Kilmarnock and Hibs are always very tough to call anyway. Uh, and I've been impressed with Kilmarnock in recent weeks. I was at the Cup game uh, last weekend to see them play Aberdeen. Not a great game, obviously. Um, but uh, I was really impressed with players like Gary Dicker and Alan Power in the centre of midfield. Very, very strong. Eamon Brophy, he's always going to put in a shift. And defensively, very strong. I mean, I felt when Angelo Alessio lost his job, you know, I, I, I thought he was a little bit unlucky to lose his job. But Alex Dyer's finally found a little bit of form um, after a struggling start. You know, they're still in the Scottish Cup as well. But you look at Hibs, you know, they're finding a bit of form themselves in a way. You know, Mark McNulty's got a hat-trick, which will help his confidence as well. Um, my biggest problem with Hibs is they do miss Stevie Mallon, you know, out for, well, when he's injured, or, you know, they really miss his quality. Um, I think sometimes they could be over-reliant on Scott Allen to make things happen. But uh, I'm going for a draw. I'm going 1-1 in that one. Well, that just about brings us to the end of another episode of Campbell's Footballs, the only podcast where bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack. I hope this show is just what the doctor ordered. Gone, I've really enjoyed having you on. Thanks very much. No worries, and uh, I look forward to uh, others listening to some of my future shows in the future. If you want to listen to uh, past shows as well, you can do on the various social channels. Uh, but until then, it is bye for me for now. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, or Instagram, or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's Footballs. What a dangerous night!